Patricia, thanks very much for joining us. Obviously, a focus there on on um, equity raising. Um, what are investors focused on at present? Uh, I mean, are they seeing further than than beds and sheds? What's the position that you're seeing in the market? No, absolutely. Investors continue very interested in, in, in beds and sheds. It's two sectors that are supported by long-term macro trends, such as changing demographics and continued shifts in spending patterns. Those trends have only been accelerated by COVID, so we continue to see a lot of demand, in fact, the majority of demand from investors into those two sectors. Outside of those, um, investors remain very uh, shaky on office. I think if it's a good location and a very good building, um, there is interest, but anything that is a secondary location or uh, a value add scheme, um, there's a lot of concern around that and most investors are not willing to invest there yet. Retail remains a no for almost everyone um, that, that we speak to at least. Um, and then outside of that, one of the sectors that we are getting a lot of questions on uh, is hospitality because a lot of people do see that coming back, uh, whether for work, but more importantly for tourism. And so seeing if there might be some value there. We did not see much value in 2020, but we expect that to come through in 2021. So we're keeping an eye on the sector as well. And in terms of the current market climate, has that had an impact on, on the appetite for risk? Um, what, what's your sense of that? And if, if so, how long do you see that lasting? When COVID um, first occurred, we had the majority of investors go on pause and really wait to understand the timing and the implications of COVID on, on the sector. We had a small number of investors that actually sought to capitalize uh, on that opportunity in real estate. Uh, and perhaps more broadly, to give you an example, at KKR, we raised a dislocation fund in April of 2020, where we raised $4 billion in eight weeks. So th there was interest in capturing that dislocation, but in the non-listed real estate space, uh, investors remained pretty cautious. Fast forward to today, you have the majority of investors, um, in our opinion, back to business as usual. And in fact, a lot of them are under allocated to the space because of that pause in 2020. And so looking to deploy capital efficiently in 2021. Do you think fundraising has changed? Obviously, the world has changed a great deal in the inability for people to be able to meet and different ways of connecting. Um, has that had an impact on, on fundraising? My belief is that fundraising has changed fundamentally. Um, technology has enabled us to be a lot more connected uh, more than ever before while reducing our, our financial and, and our environmental and social uh, impact. So, I mean, to give you an example, in the past, it was quite difficult to arrange fundraising meetings because you had to be available, perhaps a member of your investment team had to be available and the investor themselves as well. In addition to that, the, um, the decision to, to fly for hours uh, wherever you were going or more had to be weighed against the financial cost, uh, the environmental cost, and also the social cost of just leaving your family for, for several days. And I think today that we're able to communicate using the, these very good technological tools such as Zoom, uh, and teams enables us to have a much more frequent dialogue with our investors and exchanges on how we see the market. And for me, that that's beneficial for everyone. Um, of course, we'll continue to require that occasional in-person meeting to develop that personal relationship. 
Um, but I think fundraising has fundamentally changed. And in my opinion, it's for the best. Really interesting to hear a, a kind of positive story about, uh, I guess, some of, some of the impacts here. Thanks very much for joining us, Patricia. Thank you.